Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's Monday. We're back in the book of 2 Samuel today. We'll be checking out uh, chapters 10 and 11. Chapter 10, David defeats uh, the Ammonites and the Syrians. And in chapter 11, we see David's sin of, of infidelity. and in, um, 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 He has an affair with Bathsheba. And uh, he also... Um, we see murder, we see lying, we see deceit, we see a whole bunch of uh, sin that David tries to keep a secret. But as McGee says, secret sin on earth is open scandal in heaven. So chapter 11 is probably a famous chapter on sin, uh, the sin of David. And, um, and, uh, but we'll jump in at chapter 10 first. It's a military victory. So after the king of the Ammonites had died, uh, and Han, his son, reigned in his place. David said, I'll deal loyally with Han, the son of Nash, and his father uh, dealt loyally with me. So David sent by his servants to console him concerning his father, and David's servants came into the land of the Ammonites. But the princes of the Ammonites said to Han, their Lord, Do you think because David has sent comforters to you that he's honoring your father? Has not David sent his servants to you to search the city and spy it out and overthrow it? Okay, so Han's not sure what to do. He could kill him or he could shame him to try to, you know, tell David, don't even think about coming to me. So he, he does what his counselors tell him to do. So Han took David's servants and shaved off half the beard of each and cut off their garments in the middle at their hips and sent them away. So in other words, they're looking like they're running around in the birthday suits about halfway done. Uh, and it's just a way to shame them. So when it was told to David, he, he sent to meet them um, for the men were greatly shamed. In other words, he, he went out to meet them because he didn't want them to come into the city shamed like this. And the king said, remain at Jericho until your beards have grown and then return. So, when the Ammonites heard that they had become a stench to David, the Ammonites sent and hired the Syrians um, and men of Tob. And so, in other words, they're trying to get an army up to attack him from two different places. They're going to maybe attack him from the Ammonite position as well as the Syrian position. 
And when David heard of it, he sent Joab, that's his chief commander, and all the hosts of the mighty men. And so basically, verse 18, we drop down. The Syrians fled before Israel. David killed um, of the Syrians the men, the 700 chariots, the 4,000 horsemen and wounded Shabak, the commander of their army, so that he died there. And so the Syrians were afraid to save the Ammonites anymore. So the Syrians were um, um, defeated. The Ammonites looked defeated. So um, David gets um, a big defeat. So... um, Chapter 11, we see in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. An interesting kind of thing here. So David finishes off the Ammonites uh, from this thing um, when the weather changed, and uh, but David now remains in Jerusalem. Now, McGee says, that's the first wrong thing. He's supposed to be with his men in battle. Number two, maybe he's uh, getting more comfortable staying in his palace than going out in the field with his men, than going out to do what God needs him to do. But in any event, David remains in Jerusalem. Verse two, it happened Late one afternoon, you know, it happened. In other words, this sin happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. That he's, So he's walking on the roof. McGee says maybe he's thinking about stuff. Maybe he's pacing on the roof, you know, worrying about how the battle is going because he's not out there. Maybe he's enjoying his house. Maybe it's his conscience talking to him like, why are you comfortable here when your men are out in battle? Who knows? But he's walking on the roof. And he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful, and David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Now, Uriah was one of David's soldiers in the battle. So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now, she had been purifying herself from uncleanliness. So in other words... Scripture makes the point to tell us that she just finished her menstrual cycle. She's cleaning herself. She's So this would have been no chance for her to, to be pregnant with any other person other than David. When she returned to her house and the woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. Okay, so David's going to know something within... You know, uh, when the woman is is uh, off her menstrual, she feels she's pregnant. She lets David know. Okay, so it's been several months, you know, since all this happened. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. So David is going to try to make it look like this is Uriah's child. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, 
go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. He's loyal. He doesn't go back to his house because he wants to stay by the king. Verse 10, Then they told, when they told David Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, this is verse 11, The ark and Israel and Judah dwell in booths, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. So Uriah is so loyal and such a great man. He's saying, look, while the battle rages, I don't need to be, and I'm not with the men, I don't need to be at my own household, which indirectly sort of um, sort of I want to say calls out David because why is David at his own house and not with his own men? You know, it reflects badly, you know, when we look at it like that on even David. Then David said to Uriah, verse 12, remain here today also and tomorrow and I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next and David invited him and he ate in his presence and drank so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. In other words, David again tries to get him drunk so that he'd go home and, you know, it could they could sort of say, it's got to be your, your kid. Verse 14, in the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by hand of Uriah. In other words, Uriah is taking a message back to Joab. Verse 15, in the letter he wrote, Sent Uriah to the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him that he may be struck down and die. Wow. David now is going to try to command his commander, Joab, to get Uriah murdered. Sort of in battle. And Uriah is carrying the own, the message to get himself killed. Verse 16, and as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew they were valiant men. And the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. Some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent and told David the news about the fighting and instructed the messenger, when you finish telling all about the news about the fighting to the king, then, if the king's anger arises, and if he says to you, Why did you go so near the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Amelilech, the son of um, Jerubbesheth? Did not a woman cast the upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at the Thebes? Why did you go near the wall? And then you shall say, Your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. In other words, you tell him that he died. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab sent to tell him. The messenger said to David, The men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field, but we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then all the archers 
shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. And David said to the messenger, Thus shall you say to Joab, Do not let this matter displease you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it and encourage it. So David's trying to act super pious like, It's not so bad. He might have been killed anyway. Verse 26. When the wife of Uriah, they didn't even refer to her as Bathsheba. They referred, the scripture refers to her as the wife of Bathsheba. Heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead. She lamented over her husband. Okay? We make a real point here. David is caught in adultery with the wife of Uriah and that Uriah was dead indirectly at the hand of David. This is horrific. She lamented over her husband. And when the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. David had not repented You see lying, you see murder, you see adultery. You see David sitting in his castle or sitting in his house while the nation is out fighting the battles. We see a lot of sin here. It's hard to read because we all have sin in our lives. It's hard to read because what is secret on earth is open scandal in heaven. And it it must hurt the father so much to see the sin of his children. Yes, there is a battle raging on. But don't we all have our own spiritual battlefields? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, His death on the cross for us, none of us could even approach the Father. So, we read about David's sin here, and David's heart has changed. Now he's in a mode of not trying to please God, but he's trying to cover up his sin. Haven't we all been there? It is just so sad to watch. And it must be so, so sad for the father to watch his children in sin. And those like David, whom wanted to try to please him so much, now is trying to cover things up. So, that just shows you how much he loved the world to send the Lord Jesus to die for us. So, we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. 
Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time.